Welcome to Imperfection in Progress, a podcast for ambitious women who are people pleasers, perfectionists, or procrastinators. Want to feel less stress and more joy in your life? Then this is for you. I'm your host, Don Calvinisti. On today's show, I'm joined by Diane Bowden, the voice behind the top-rated podcast, The Minimalist Moms, where she spreads her ideas and interviews others in regards to living a life in the pursuit of less. Her goal is simply think more and do with less. This is really what our conversation focuses on, how to intentionally choose what works for you when it comes to paring down. Diane's first book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity, released in March 2021, and she lives in Columbus, Ohio with her husband and three children. This is just such an honest and open discussion around how we can discover simplicity for ourselves. Here's my conversation with Diane. Welcome, Diane Bowden, to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, too. I would love to talk a little bit around the idea of minimalism as yeah. it relates to this whole idea of my audience, which is the the people pleaser, the procrastinator, the perfectionist, and how hard it is, especially I would say for that high achiever to be willing to minimalize because they want everything to be perfect and they want everything around them and make sure they have everything. And that tends to mean accumulating. And so I'm just curious what you see as you're dealing with people and helping them. Yeah. So I am not necessarily people pleaser, so I can't relate from personal experience in this regard. However, I think that people pleasing may also come down to comparison. I, I feel like often it's like we compare ourselves to other people and what they're doing. And so we want to, if they're coming over to our homes to stay. We want to please them. We want this space to look good. And so maybe we might accumulate things because the things are what look good. And if we just had our spaces as they were, or if they were decluttered, I can talk about this from personal experience because sometimes I do feel like anxious that I don't have a lot of things in my house. As somebody who maybe is in a perfectionistic tendency where Mm -hmm. we want everything to look really good, we want we want to feel like we're doing things right. Mm-hmm. And often that can come with that feeling of this is what others are doing, that comparison part of it. This yeah. is what others are doing. In order to be doing it right, I also need to fit in and to be doing what's totally acceptable. Yeah. And so sometimes we're gathering, right? Rather than yeah. reducing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I mean, look at people that go to Target. There's this whole, I feel like this whole thing around Target of where it's like, where did you get that? The dollar spot or Target marketers themselves want us to buy everything every time we step foot into a Target. And if you go in there once a week, you're going to see different things every week that you go in there because it's never going to be enough. And so I think everything that you're saying, it really comes down to getting really narrow in our focus and knowing what our values are as women, as mothers, like for our families and saying, okay, what does this look like? Because if I'm trying to people please, it's good to want to please please one another. Like I think it's a normal social desire, but I think when it is debilitating for us or it comes with a cost of finances or a cluttered home, then maybe that is time where we need to go back and reevaluate. And I do think that minimalism in general looks so different for every person. I have three kids, as you saw before we hopped on the call. And yeah, my house is not bare bones. It's not sparse. I have things, but my house looks way different than my sister's house looks with three kids. And that's because I feel less stress being in a home that has, um, I just want my home curated to the things that we love, we use, 
And it's not about anyone else. I have people that come over, but this is a space that works for us. It works for our family. And so I think the biggest thing that I can do outside of minimalism when people are coming over is provide them a warm space to feel accepted, to have fun. And that doesn't necessarily come with things. That comes with me being clear on my intention for them coming over. Exactly. I love that. So tell us or take us back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Where did this come about in your own life? Why did you feel the need to declutter, to minimalize, to streamline? Yeah. So my husband and I were married in our early 20s. And I just always share this story because it was my light bulb moment. But we were searching for something in my parents' basement. And my husband looked at me and said, look at all these things that are now in boxes that were once your dad's harder and working hours. We didn't have a conversation after that moment. But for me, I was someone that did accumulate a lot. I was someone that wanted to have all the nice things. I wanted to, I was broke at the time. I was still in college, but the apartment that I had, I wanted to have as many nice things as I could. So I maxed out credit cards. And in that moment, I was like, wait, why am I doing this? Because you're right. It's my hard-earned working hours. I'm working full-time and going to school for full-time. So I need to equate that full-time work and that money I'm making to time of my life. like And so for some reason, I just wanted to start prioritizing experiences over filling a space that honestly, I wasn't really hosting anyone at the time anyways, but it just seemed to be a path that I didn't want to take anymore. It was like, I want to start prioritizing either date nights with my husband and going out for drinks and food or going on vacations or saving for those things. Just getting more intentional, I think, about the way that we were spending our money. So... Yeah, it was more of a light bulb moment than maybe some people have, but it just really got us on this track of, again, I think he was probably more minimalist as a man at that point than I was. Um, again, a generalization, but it just made us both kind of veer and let's start prioritizing trips and all of that. It's interesting because you said even like if people come over to your home now, it's about you being there and setting that experience and that feeling of warmth and being there. And I mean, really, I talk about this with my kids often too. Like, would you rather have something for your birthday that you may or may not care about two weeks from now, a month from now, yeah. you know, half a year from now? Or would you rather go and do something that you'll never forget? Mm -hmm. And so I love that you get the idea that the experiences, the memories, the the feelings that come up are yeah. so valuable. Yeah. I think even just before we got on here, I bought a new curling iron and I've been waiting to buy a curling iron that's a nice curling iron for a while. I put it in my Amazon cart, I hit purchase, and now it's not as exciting. And I think we have to remember that because it is so fleeting. That high of a purchase is fleeting and it's momentary. And so it's pretty scary to sometimes look back through your Amazon list of what you've purchased. A lot of it is their needs. Like I buy my cleaning supplies on Amazon. I buy toothpaste, toothbrush, like those types of things that you do need. But when you see it all adding up, it's it's a good way to take note of what you are spending, why, and if you need to shift gears, it's a it's just a good reconciliation for yourself to to kind of look at that. I know for myself, I find that the more things around me, mm -hmm. the more actually the more anxious I feel inside. It, it makes yeah. me like the clutter makes me actually feel discontent and I don't like that. And it's not about it being dirty, it's it's the things, it's the amount of items. Yeah, I, I know that we there's, you know, some research that shows that it actually is better to have things easy on the eyes and that it helps our brain to decompress. 
But what do you find as you're talking to people about minimalizing? Do you see people wanting that transition for those kind of reasons? Oh, absolutely. I just I do think of moms in general. I mean, I guess that's my audience, but I do think about young like moms of young kids. And for me, and I think those moms, it can feel like our days are out of control, not within our control. We can't control our kids. We can't control our spouses. Usually we can't control every outside source, but we can control our, our stuff. Like we have control in these areas. And of course, our husbands have say as well. But I want to get control in the ways that I can. So I just think of when you step into your house, the first thing that you, if you, if the first thing you see is clutter, it's just, oh, okay, now I have to address this. And you can't just relax. And the first thing you see if when you come down in the morning is just a counter full of things and dishes and just everything out. Again, it's that like, oh gosh, I have to get to that. So it's just this weight that I don't even think, you don't have to have a ton of clutter for it to weigh on you. And it really, I physically feel it. I'm the same way. I have my daughter's homeschool stuff around me right now that I haven't gotten to. And I'm not going to lie. Like it's, I need to do that. It's in the, it's in a part of my brain right now while I'm talking to you about the things that I need to get done. And I just think that for women that are constantly having that, that's building. And we don't have to carry it. We don't have to carry it. We can live with less. Doesn't mean, again, we don't own anything. We don't own nothing. It just looks like, what do I love and why do I own these things? And just starting to process those, those thoughts and those realities. Regular accountability increases your chance of success by over 90%. That's why I created the Imperfection in Progress VIP membership to help women move out of the three Ps and into a more relaxed, simpler, and joyful life. We have live monthly coaching calls that are also recorded and put into the membership area. One call with me and the other with a guest expert. We cover everything from physical health, movement, nutrition, sleep, to mental and emotional health, stress, anxiety, negative thoughts. We cover personal growth with topics like self-worth, confidence, happiness, hard conversations, boundaries, and self-talk. I love to help women put themselves on their own to-do list without guilt. This membership could be the perfect gift to you from you. Our founders membership is only $27 per month until the end of February or $270 for a year. That's two months free. All founders will receive this pricing for as long as they remain in the membership. This is the lowest cost you'll ever find coaching for. Ready to become a founding member? Go to pursueprogress.com forward slash imperfection in progress membership or click the link in the show notes. Now back to our episode. When you're looking at this for the first time round, really, when if that's starting to be something that appeals to you, yeah, where do you start? Like I know you're saying let it, you know, kind of let it be there as far as what you love, but where do you start tangibly taking action? Yeah, I feel so redundant in saying this, but I if anyone listening has followed along with me, but I always say start in the bathroom because typically for people that are sentimental, I'm sentimental. There aren't sentimental things in there and you're beginning your day typically in the bathroom, you're ending your day in the bathroom and again, it's that weight of what do I want to wake up to? What do I want to end my day to? So let's start in this this space where we can get those easy wins, those that momentum under our belt to move forward so we can tackle the other areas of our house. The kitchen might be the next place that you want to tackle because there's oftentimes 
just a ton of expired food that we can easily get to that we can see or appliances that we're not using or duplicates and coffee mugs. And I love me a good coffee mug. Like I have this monkey coffee mug in the arm is the handle. I will never purge that. But when I start to see that I have too many, it's I get rid of them. It's like we know what number, give or take, we want to have in that cabinet. And I don't want to consume. I don't I don't want to have to worry about those things. I'm not using 15 coffee mugs. I use the same couple and just maybe switch it out for the season. So again, I think as long as you're starting in areas that don't feel overwhelming so you can actually get the job done, that's where I would start. I wouldn't start with high school things. Maybe if your high school days were a really great time for you, I wouldn't start with memorabilia, things of maybe your parents have passed away, children's clothes from when they were little. That might be harder to, to go through. But also sometimes when you approach those sentimental items, it is good to rip it off like a Band-Aid and just get really rational with, again, going back to your why. And for me, I don't necessarily think we're ever going to have kids again, but I still have a box and the box has gotten, it contains fewer and fewer items as I keep revisiting it. But yeah, I, I think to 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 not think that it isn't going to be hard isn't realistic. Like I do think some of these things are really hard and and accept those feelings and that's okay. It's interesting that you say like, you know, start with something that's totally not sentimental because I think often the thing that triggers us is when we start to see like all the stuff from the yeah. past, right? Yeah. And yet that's the sentimental stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, I, my daughter's clothing is a good example for me. She's eight. And again, I don't think we're going to have any more kids, but it's been so hard over time to say like, okay, this might've been my only girl. I'm never going to have a daughter in these dresses again. So giving some of those items that were maybe not my favorite to my niece, it's been great to see her have a second life in them. I mean, fill in the blank for what this might be for you. Um, But seeing things that my friends enjoy that I once enjoyed or I just gave a friend this jumpsuit that I no longer wear and it's fun to see it on her. So it doesn't feel like I'm totally getting rid of these things. You can also take pictures of things and also remember that when you're getting rid of sentimental items, you're not getting rid of the memory attached to those items. You're getting rid of the object as the representation of the object. But it doesn't mean that that's not still with you. And I think we 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 confuse the two. We feel like we're doing a disservice to someone that's given us something that's meaningful. But it's like in that moment was was the moment that we captured and we experienced together. And that's not gone just because I have gotten rid of the excess weight of things in my home. I often talk to procrastinators about the fact that we procrastinate sometimes because we feel overwhelmed. It's not that we we don't want that end result, but we feel so overwhelmed with starting it that we don't begin the process at all. And I could see how this might be an area where mm-hmm. we would procrastinate on you know, clean out a drawer, going in and empty out a closet or boxes that we have stored that have stuff we don't use or things yeah. like that. Are there things that you can offer to us that would help us get over that? Like, I, it's so overwhelming, I can't even begin. Yeah. And I'm like the great, per- I'm a great person to give this advice because my basement, we have been procrastinating on getting down there. It just, there never seems to be the time to, for my husband and I both to get down there. But when I don't procrastinate, I will choose one spot. So I'm like pointing. (laughs) I have my fridge and it's like, okay, I know I'm going to get to my fridge today. I'm going to pull everything out. And I mean everything out and see what I have, assess what I have, get rid of what I don't need, put back maybe things that might go expired first, put them in the front of the fridge so that I can get to them. But I will just 
designate a spot. I did my medicine cabinet the other day, pull everything out and just go through that. And again, you're not saying I'm going to touch my entire house. I'm not going to have to feel the overwhelm of doing that. But if you have these little spots, even the junk drawer or your desk drawer or your book bag or your purse, just start like going through your house and slowly again, you'll you'll get it done. But I definitely relate to procrastination. I also find for me, I will, if I'm in an, an argument with my husband or if I've had a bad day with my kid, that's when I tend to, to get that stuff done. So I mean, use the opportunities that you have to get what you need to get done. Don't ignore it. But also when I am decluttering, I really like to put on a good book on tape or a podcast and just get in the zone and and move through that. It makes it a lot more fun. It doesn't make it as boring or tedious. Yes, exactly. I love that. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? Even if you just started with your purse and dumped it out, there's something about that win, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will do that in the front seat. When I'm pumping gas, I have a couple of minutes and I'll just like go through the front seat of my car and just get things out that are not necessarily needing to be there or anything that has made its way to my car. I'll just throw in my purse so I know to take it inside. So it's just little tips like this, adding them throughout your day. It keeps it from all building up at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year. And that's what we're trying to stop. Again, the accumulation of things. And yeah, I I I relate to procrastination. (laughs) So having said that, I'll ask you that now since I ask every single person, which one of the three do you relate to the most as far as the three Ps? Is it people-pleasing, perfectionism, or procrastination? Yeah, I definitely struggle with procrastinating in college. I was always the person writing a paper the day before. And I think that, I don't know. I think all of these three Ps have their strengths for sure. I think for me, there's that adrenaline rush that I just really, I must enjoy. And that's why I procrastinate. But yeah, like I said, I think the easy solution for procrastination when it comes to minimalism or decluttering is just tackling it spot by spot at a time and not to overwhelm yourself. Don't take it on as some weekend project. If people are listening and they have that in their minds, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through my entire house in a weekend. You probably won't. So take the pressure off yourself. Move space by space and and you can do it. And you are, I don't know, again, put on a book on tape or music that you love to help you get through it. So you're a mom. I'm a mom. We both have three kids. And to me, that is one of the, I guess, constant sources of stuff. It seems yeah. like it comes in from birthday parties. It comes in from school. It comes in from creations that they've made and art pieces and all of that. Are there some things that we can do around keeping the amount of stuff at a minimum that's constantly coming from kids? Yeah, I think, well, one, I think creating visual boundaries for your kids in their room saying we have this much space that you can fill. And then once it, it's filled, we need to start addressing what you no longer use, maybe pass that off to a friend or donate it and allowing them to be a part of it, especially as they grow. I think it's really important because my husband and I just really don't want to have all this backfire on us. But also with artwork, my kids love to paint. They love to create. And I am always taking pictures of these things. And I have in my iPhone, Charlotte, the artist, Martin, the artist. And then I have that saved. And then I was much better about this before I had a third, but I would create scrapbooks. And in the scrapbook, there would be a section of artwork in there. So again, we can't keep everything. If everything is your favorite, nothing's your favorite. And so select those few things that might be your favorite representations of the year, of the season, of what they create. Keep those in a box. And then 
get rid of all the rest. And then that the box that I was talking about, especially with some of these these favorites, the visual representation of the box is a way that we can tangibly keep some of these things as they keep growing. And then I like to go back there even with my daughter now. She, like I said, she's eight. And we'll go through from time to time and say, do you still want this? Are you ready to get rid of this? And just allowing her to curate that box because it's going to be hers one day. It's not going to be mine. I don't know. I think we... I think our brain makes us think that we're a lot more attached to things than we actually are. Like if we could go without, it's like, what it would we take when our house burned down? If our house happened to catch fire, what would we actually grab? And I don't know that, I guess that's a silly tip, but it is, we put a lot more emphasis in the things in the day-to-day than we actually, I think, really believe. I think it's a really important thing to think of. In reality, if, if we could only take 10 things, if we gave ourselves a list, what really would be the high priority things. Mm-hmm. I guess because there is a lot more emotional attachment that then fades often over time, depending mm-hmm. on what the thing is. Yeah. Like I just said with my curling irons, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this was so exciting. And now that it's actually on its way, it's not as exciting. It's like that that momentary building of getting something and acquiring something. And just think about all the things around your house you used to be so excited about that you no longer give second thought to. When it comes to, to minimizing whatever it is that, yeah. you know, whatever place we're at. You had said kind of at the beginning, I think we're not all going to necessarily have a bare bones house or we might all have different to what we call a minimalist lifestyle. So what is minimalism? What are we actually calling that depending who we are? The phrase that I like to use is to think more and do with less. So as you were Again, getting honest with yourself about what your values are, what you're pursuing. I think we can live with a lot less than we think that we need. I think in the beginning, when you also are starting to pursue a life of less, you are thinking a lot more and then it becomes habit. And this is just the way that we live. And so, yeah, I think minimalism is going to look very different for everyone. But I think, what do I love? What do we value? And I think knowing that that changes with seasons is, is okay as well. What do you feel that we can experience? by reducing the amount of stuff around us. I, oh gosh, I think you can experience a lot more peace and clarity and time. Yeah, I, I I would just have someone do the bathroom experiment of taking everything out of their bathroom for 30 days and then slowly putting things back in that they feel like they missed and see the way that you feel when you enter that bathroom every morning with a, a different environment in there. I really love that. If you do that, you're listening to this and you do that, we would love to hear how that goes for you. You can reach out to either of us or both of us and tell us what that experience is for you. I would love to know that. What is the best place for somebody to connect with you, Diane? Yeah, so they can listen to the Minimalist Moms podcast anywhere podcasts are available. I'm at Minimalist Moms podcast on Instagram. My website's the same name. But yeah, the podcast is where I would probably direct people because I talk to so many different women with so many different topics in in regards to living intentionally, simply with minimalism. It's not just about your things. It's about your mind, your schedule, relationships. So I think I think it's a great resource. (laughs) I do too. And I'll put all of that in the show notes so that you can find her. But definitely you need to connect in with her and her community. I think this is one of the, the beautiful things when we create communities is that we can find a place where we really feel heard and seen and understood. And I know that you develop that with your women around you. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for being on the podcast today. It was great to talk with you. Yeah, I hope it was helpful. And thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
If you found value in what you heard, please share it with a friend and rate and review us on whatever platform you listen on. It really helps get us out to other women who could benefit from listening. Check out our show notes for details from the show and to connect with me or our guests. Want to continue the conversation? My website is pursueprogress.com or DM me at Pursue Progress with Dawn on Instagram. Until next week, pursue progress no matter how imperfectly.